done and what he is doing. We want to worship him today in spirit and in truth. And I hope you have come with open hearts and minds for that purpose. Um, today is Veterans Day weekend, uh, and we want to honor those that have and are serving our country. So if you are a veteran here today, currently serving or have served, would you stand so that we can honor you? And we'll try to get those that are standing that shouldn't be seated quickly. Thank you. Your service and your sacrifice does not go unnoticed or unappreciated. And next Sunday, we want to honor you. We want to continue to honor you as well. Next Sunday, we have Jim Downing here with us, um, Pearl Harbor survivor, 104 years old. And he's coming here to, uh, I'm going to do an interview with him up here on the stage. I'm, I'm going to tell you that uh, we have put out um, invitations to all of the VFW in our area, which um, our understanding is there's about 150 or so on the contact list, plus their families. Um, and we're expecting a full house. We're going to set up all of the chairs. We're going to bring in the red chairs as well and try to create a, a special section, special seating for to, to honor our veterans. So those of you that are here, I, I hope you will plan on being here next Sunday, and then we'll have many guests with us next Sunday to honor them as well. Um, I would encourage you, I would implore you, come early. Um, don't come late, or you might have trouble finding a seat, okay? Come a little bit early so you can get the seat that you want, um, and let's uh, mainly be here early enough so that we can welcome all of our guests that, that we're expecting to be here this coming Sunday, a week from today, to uh, experience Jim Downing and his testimony. Um, just so you know, he's going to share about uh, that day, um, that Pearl Harbor attack day, but he's also going to share really important testimony about the years following that and the journey of healing and forgiveness. I'll even give you a little bit of a hint that he came face-to-face -face with the Japanese commander that was in charge of planning out and carrying the attack on Pearl Harbor. After that event, that man got saved, and he and Jim Downing, just a few years after that event, came face-to-face -face with one another as believers and as brothers. And this is a powerful story that is going to be shared. So whatever you need to change to make sure that you are here Next Sunday, I'm telling you, you don't want to miss that. Um, and it's a great opportunity to invite neighbors, friends. This, it's a great opportunity to let, invite people in that haven't uh, or aren't a part of a church family. Okay, that's this coming Sunday, a week from today. Um, we have some unique things that we're going to be experiencing today, um, including and uh, in, in closing today, we're going to actually do an evacuation drill we will explain more of that as we get close to the end of today. So just a, a bit of a heads up on that, but with plenty of instructions to come 
and our children are being instructed on that, and they're actually going to practice it uh, during children's church. Um, so thank you for coming today. Would you stand with me? Let's greet one another and prepare our hearts and our minds to worship the Lord today. Good morning. Is it good? Yes. Good. I just decided that's the theme of today. That's the theme word of today. Good. I want you just to uh, choose right now. We chose to be together. Some people chose to stay home. We chose to be together, and now, Father, we're going to choose to look up, look out of ourselves, and we are going to open ourselves up to you, your spirit, your mercy, your grace, and Father, right now, before we ever get started, we want to loosen our grip of our stuff, of our money, of our kids, of our future, of our fear. We want to loosen our grip, and we just want to allow you to speak, and we want to receive what you have for us today. We trust that you are faithful, that you know where we are as a country, as a people, as a family, as individuals. And we're going to trust that you're going to speak to us today. So with all that, we say thank you. He is good. Amen. Blessed is he. Blessed be your name in a land that is plentiful with seeds of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. When I walk through the Every blessing, every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. 
Father, this is the choice. We, we probably, many of us here, we just don't, don't feel like it. But you're calling us to choose you today. Father, I'm reminded this morning that your mercy is totally new today. There is no condemnation today. The slate is totally clean today. You are an everlasting, merciful, merciful God. We thank you that we can stand before a holy God by the merits only of Jesus Christ. And now you're asking us, you're asking us to thank you, to be okay with the things that we get, you give us, and the things that you have allowed to be taken away. Father, we don't always understand why, but today we understand that you are good. Give and take away. Blessed be your name again. You give and 
Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to Him. Blessed are you who run to Him. Blessed are you if you run to Him. Worship God if you want the best. Put everything else aside. Worship opens doors to all of His goodness. You believe it? Worship opens all the doors to all of His goodness. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Yeah. 
wanted to share something I found on Facebook. It's where all good inspiration comes nowadays, if you haven't noticed. The other thing I'm not sure you noticed, I can't really, I think I'm having some vision issues. I can't read the thing back there. I am 48. What's so funny about that? It gets worse. I'm glad the screen's so big. Anyway, stress makes you believe that everything needs to happen right now. This is the American way. Stress makes you feel like everything needs to happen right now. Kid, grow up. Right now. Faith assures you that everything will happen at the right and perfect time. In God's time. Faith, trust, hope in Almighty God assures you that everything is going to happen at the right and perfect time. It doesn't say Todd's time. It doesn't say when it makes sense. It's in God's time. In His perspective, in His way, He can see way farther, way deeper, way farther than you can see. Do you believe that? That he knows way more than you can know. I want to go now back to Psalm 35. I bless God every chance I get. Not. Sorry, I added that. Um, I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. 
God met me, I love this, God met me more than halfway. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my stress. He freed me from the need to think for things to happen right now. He freed me from my anxious fears. Look, excuse me, pardon me. Look at Him. Give Him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from Him. When I was desperate, I called out. And God got me out of the tight spot. When I was desperate, God's angel sets up a circle of protection around us. Do you believe that? As we run to Him, as we seek Him, He wants to come way farther than halfway. Good news. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. Good news. This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. Oh, your whole very world spoken to me, and I. Oh 
I'm lost without you. I'm lost without you. I want to give you some time now to tell him where you are stressed. He doesn't want us to hide from him. Will you just admit to God where the stress is, where the fear is, where you are desperate for Him? He loves to hear your voice. He loves to hear your dependence. Doug, will you put up Psalm 35, that second part again? I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. Look at him. Give Him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from Him. When I was desperate, I called out, and God got me out. And I, and I, I'm desperate for you. And I, I'm lost without you. Praise God, He wants to get us out. He wants to free us. He wants to wash the guilt away. He wants to empower us. Amen. As morning dawns and evening fades, you inspire my songs of praise. Just the ladies, same thing again.
we all sing to touch your heart and glorify to him. His name is a strong power. We all sing. Jesus in your name we pray. Come. Come and fill our hearts today. Lord, give us strength to live. For you stand with me and think I have the power. He has the power. I see the King of glory coming on the clouds with fire. The whole earth shakes. The whole earth shakes. I see His love and mercy washing over all our sin the people sing the people sing that's us Hosanna 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 in the highest you are Hosanna Take their place. 
today. Jesus, it is your name that is lifted high today in this place and around the world. You are King. You are Lord. You are Savior. You are God. You alone are God. And we acknowledge you today with that reality with our lips. We acknowledge you today with our hearts and our minds. And we entrust ourselves, we entrust our stuff to you, as Todd mentioned earlier. We just find a resting place in your grace and in your mercy that surrounds us now. We do believe that you have the power. You, you are all powerful. Your weakness is stronger than man's greatest strength. Your foolishness is wiser than our greatest wisdom that we have to offer you. So we, we lean into that reality, that truth today. We are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves. We open up our hearts and our minds to your good and pleasing and perfect will. May it be done in us and among us today in Christ's mighty name we all prayed and everybody's declared. Amen.
You may be seated, and I want to invite our ushers to join us up front. Jesus, you are our provider. We honor you for the provision that has come, and we honor you for the provision that is coming. Take what we have to offer you today, use it, bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it, build your church across the globe with it, we pray in Christ's name, amen. Your name is a strong and mighty tower, your name is a shelter like your name let the nation see the love because nothing has the power to say but your name One week ago, as we were gathering into this place, a man walked into a Texas church declaring that everybody in there was to die and began firing at will. Men, women, even children were targeted. It wasn't a terrorist. It was a local guy. In fact, it was a guy that had been in that building, on that property, just days before with his children celebrating the fall festival with that church. I'm safely assuming that everybody in this building is glad that that wasn't us last Sunday. 
But I want us to take a moment. We really need to take a moment, and, and first of all, we need to pray for that church who are gathering today, one week later, but not in that building because they're going to destroy that building and create a memorial there. We need to pray for that church. We need to pray for that pastor who is not only going to try to be a minister to a very hurting group of people, but is grieving himself for he lost one of his children. So I want to ask us to do so right now. Jesus, we purpose our prayers praying for this church family, this group of people, this community who are coming together today uh, with tremendous pain, with agony, with sorrow, with grief, with confusion, with anger, maybe even with hatred in their hearts, trying, struggling with that reality. Filled with questions that probably will never get answers to on this side of life. I'm asking Holy Spirit that you will surround that community today with your healing hands, that they will experience your grace and your mercy at a level that maybe they've never known before, that you will be their loving Heavenly Father, comforting them, drawing them near to you and drawing them near to one another as they, as they try to understand to the degree that's even possible to understand as they try to come to grips with, as they try to find peace in the midst of this tragedy. That they will become a beacon of hope and of faith and of love that that will just flow from you through them to a community that is around them that uh, would be people that don't believe in you but are watching closely to what their response is to this. We come around them. They are our brothers and sisters. And help us in the days that are coming, the days and the weeks that are ahead, that when you bring them to our minds, that we will pause to pray for them in the moment, not knowing what's taking place, not even knowing, we don't even have to know why we're praying when we pray for them, that we can intercede for them whenever is necessary, whenever you bring them to our mind. In Christ's name we pray. There's a reality that, that we need to face 
a reality that we've got to try to come to grips with. The reality is where people come together, they now can be seen as a target. Whether you're talking about a mall, a football game, a parade, or even church, where people are coming together, there are people out there that wish to harm, and even we may not even know why. We, the cause, the reasons behind it may or may not ever be known or understood. But it is a reality that I think we have to open our eyes to and come to grips with and try to figure out what we're going to do about it. What will our response be? I feel like today is, is a day that we, we need to talk through this. I, I, I would like to think of this as a conversation, but it's not going to be much of a conversation because I'm pretty much doing the talking, okay? But let's just act like it's a family conversation, a family meeting. What, what will our response be? What does Scripture bring to us? And, I, and I, as we look at a few passages this morning, I think we'll find that, that there's a tension that exists. Even with Jesus' own words, and I'm not suggesting conflict in the words, but I'm suggesting that, that we, we would have a tendency to find ourselves aligning with one particular passage or another. And, and I realize that even in this group of people, there, there, that we may not come to a full agreement on what responses or what our response should look like. I'm only asking today that that we will have open ears and open hearts, open minds, and even bring some logic into the equation as human beings about what our response and what our readiness should look like. Th those are the two things that I want to talk about today, what our response should be and what our readiness should be. Matthew chapter 5 is a great place to start. Matthew chapter 5, this is inside of the Sermon on the Mount. We're not going to read through the whole bit of it, but some of the last verses of chapter 5. Let's start at verse 38, and it should be up on the screen. You've heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Do not even the tax collectors do that. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? 
Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Inside of this is um, hard words to take in when we're talking about what we're talking about today. Turning the other cheek, loving your enemies, praying for those who persecute you. Do not resist an evil person. I mean, you, you might begin to ask, wow, does that, where's the sensibility in, inside of that? You know, the, these instructions were given to a group of people who were, who were going to be facing inevitable persecution. Jesus knew that following his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave, following his ascension into heaven, these people that were listening to him, the people that were going to buy into his system, his, his new reality, this new paradigm of grace and mercy, the people that were going to be walking in the light as he is in the light, they were going to be facing imminent persecution from the authorities that were above them. The authorities that, that existed in the Jewish church were going to begin persecuting them for sure. And then, and then the Romans would do that as well. All of this persecution would be turned on them. Their response would, would speak. It would preach the gospel to even those that were persecuting. There's a story about an African pastor and his family. The, the villagers wanted them to cease and desist preaching and teaching. So they dug a pit and they put this pastor and his wife and, and their two children in this pit and they were standing in this pit. Guns were pointed at their heads and the, the, these village leaders were, were demanding that they deny Christ and deny what they were teaching and they would be let out of the hole. The story goes that this family began to sing, I surrender all. They just began to sing it. And they kept singing it as the villagers began filling that hole with dirt. Suddenly, four voices singing were three as the littlest one was buried first. Then it was just the mom and the dad left singing. And they were buried alive while they were singing, I surrender all. Once that was done, the, the, it, it, the story goes that the villagers were so wrought with what they had just done and what they had just witnessed that, that they began to turn their lives over to Christ. The ones that had just walked this out, had just done this 
tragic thing begin to turn their lives over. There's no doubt that God is able to work through our tragedies. But does but is is that it for us? Do we just have to lay down and allow evil to come our way? If we were only to look at this passage, that that might be a conclusion. But look what he, Jesus, also says in the book of Luke, chapter 22. It's the night of Jesus' betrayal. They've just are wrapping up the, the Passover meal, the, the Last Supper as we have come to know it. And I want to start the reading at verse 24. This time together is winding down and where they will soon be leaving this room and, and heading out to the Garden of, of Gethsemane. A dispute also arose among the disciples as to which of them would be considered to be the greatest. Jesus responds, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest. And the one who rules like the one who serves. For who, who is greater than the one at, who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials. And I confirm on you a kingdom just as my father confirmed one on me. So that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And Simon replies, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison, even to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And then Jesus turns a corner with his conversation with them. And he asked them, when I, when I sent you, this is earlier in their ministry, when I, when I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now, if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. And the disciples said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, he replied. Obviously, as things unfolded from this conversation, Jesus is arrested 
and ultimately crucified. But it's interesting because there is, there is a suggestion from Jesus about being ready. So how do we, how do we engage this tension? How do, we, how do we navigate this tension? Forgive, love our enemies, but have a, have a readiness about us. Perhaps it comes down to examining our hearts and our intentions. When we pray for our enemies, for instance, what is it that we're praying? Oh, Jesus, smite them. Take him out. That would obviously expose something inside of our hearts if we're praying that way. That is, that's uneven, that's unhealthy. Matthew 5 says, the reason we're praying for our enemies is because we need to understand that God is sending the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. There is a pervenient grace that is offered to everyone. Just as it was offered to us, that provenient grace that drew us in from the darkness into the light, the provenient grace that opened our eyes to the evil that we were doing and caused us to turn from it. And we're on the other side of that equation and we, and we worship Jesus, we praise him, we thank him for what he did for us. But realize that he, he was numbered with the transgressors. When he stretched his arms out on the cross and he said, it is finished, that declaration was for everyone. Gentiles and Jews alike. Folks, we were the pagans. If you want to know who, who we align ourselves with in Scripture, it's not the Jews. <laughs> we align ourselves with pagans. We were those that were on the outside looking in. So we thank him for that pervenient grace that drew us in. And that pervenient grace is still being offered to everyone. The righteous and the unrighteous. So when we pray for our enemies, we're praying that their eyes and their hearts will be open to the truth about who Jesus is, what he has done for them, and how they can receive that. A number of years ago, there was a person that was just harassing me and um, it was just pure evil that I was receiving from this person. And I had to remove them from the church. In the midst of that whole journey, 
I, I didn't have answers. I, I, I never could, they, they, they never would come clean with me on, on, on what the issue was, what, what they were really targeting me about. They, they, it, it, I never could find any kind of answers, any kind of real answers, any kind of real understanding. What I didn't know, in fact, what I didn't know until just this year was that that person was involved in adultery and fraud at their work, and all this stuff came out. And in the midst of all that coming out, and it all started at the same time this person was attacking me. This is information that, I, that I'd never had. We just accidentally came across it recently. And this person has lost everything, lost his family, lost his job, and long ago he lost his church family. Now, I'm, I'm sharing this with you because I had to work through praying for this person. And it, and, and it uh, with a lot of counseling and a lot of crying and a lot of pain and a lot of working through my anger and, and even tinges of hatred towards this person because of the amount, the intense pain that had been caused me. When I, got, when I worked through that, I got to a place where I was able to pray for him, not against him, for him. Now, learning what I've learned, yes, there is some vindication for me but it's not it's not tied to his demise the vindication is ah, that makes sense now now i understand why he was coming at me it was he was deflecting attention from himself trying to keep all of his secrets secret and i became the easy target sometimes we'll come to an understanding. Sometimes the answers might show themselves immediately or maybe years later. But when we pray for our enemies, it's, it's about their, their lives being changed, their, their hearts and their minds being opened up to truth. Whatever that change needs to happen in them. These words are important for the church because this is a very significant part of our response. I'm not the only one that has experienced having enemies in this room. I'm sure that every single one of us can think of a name or it might be a list of names of people that have come against you, people that have persecuted you even, people that have tried to take you down. I also want to remind us that we do not war against flesh and blood, but it is principalities. It is a spiritual realm. So when we're praying, we're, we're praying against that spiritual realm, but it's the, it's the flesh and blood that's being used. And so we pray against the spiritual forces. We're praying for the flesh and blood to 
be enlightened with truth. Can we, does that make sense? That's how praying for our enemies and those who, uh, those who persecute us, I, I really think that that's how that can work and how it can really bear the fruit, the spiritual fruit that God wants. But then there's this reality of readiness. Do we just keep our blinders on and allow whomever or whatever evil to come flying into our space and just start mowing us down? I mean, it's like like I said earlier, there's not a person in this room that isn't thankful today that, that that wasn't us a week ago. I'm telling you, I'm glad I'm not grieving the loss of my 14-year-old by gunfire a week ago. And I don't think that it has to be us, ever. Not on my watch. So what is our readiness? What does our readiness look like? And I want to talk through a couple of things that that we're doing to making sure that this space, Woodland Life Center, is, is safe. The first thing has to do with our children. One of the problems that has existed historically with the church is that it has been a really easy target for predators to find their way into becoming a Sunday school teacher or a youth worker so that they can violate children under the umbrella of ministry. The church has had a long history of that, allowing that to happen. And I'm not just talking about Catholic priests here. I mean, I'm talking about the Protestant church is, has been equally as guilty about not protecting its kids as anybody. And I'm standing here testifying to the fact that that's happened in, in our own family. Our own personal family. So we have implemented something. We've implemented a system called Ministry Safe. And it's a filtering system. Let me explain. One of the things that we had in place prior to implementing this new system was, was we did background checks on, on everybody that wanted to serve in children's or youth ministry. Great, great thing to be doing. Now, if I were to ask you what percentage of offenders or predators that background checks covered, you might think, man, uh, you know, hopefully it's like 75%. No. Well, surely it covers 50%. Uh-uh. Background checks only cover 10%. Now, here's what this means. 90% of predators are out there under the radar, haven't been caught yet, 
and are looking for ways that they can prey upon children. And that's why churches are such easy targets, because most of the time, it's churches that are begging for volunteers. And so somebody can walk through the door, say, I'd love to help with the kids, and, and leadership is like, yes, thank you, you're an answer to prayer, when all along they, they have intent to prey upon the innocent. 90% are out there operating that way under the radar. And before they get caught and are added into that 10%, most of the time they've offended somewhere close to 100 times, some of them. Now, I'm telling you, when I heard those statistics, when I heard that reality, my reaction was, I'm shutting down children's church and I'm shutting down youth and we're just going to meet in here all together, period. Like, I, I, like that, those, were, those were serious thoughts that I had. Because what hope was there for us? If, if the background checks are only covering 10%, what good are we? What, I, I suddenly felt completely vulnerable, exposed, and terrified for my own kids. This ministry safe system that we've implemented, it's a screening process. It's a very significant screening process. Um, they have to, anybody that wants to serve has to watch these videos about, about how predators do their thing and, they, and, they're, and, they're, and they're, they're working their wiles into people and, and setting up their, their system so that they can offend. And, and so as, as our workers, as anybody that's interested in helping is, is watching these videos, they're taking all this information in, they're becoming informed on that reality and it becomes a screening process because I'm telling you, if there's someone that walks into our doors who has intent to be a predator here, when we start making them watch those videos, they're exposed. They know there's no way they're going to be able to do their thing here. And they will walk out the door and they will go down the street to the church that is unprepared. Not on my watch. Ministry safe is, an ex is a screening process that is keeping the predators outside of our doors. They don't want to be here. They can't, they won't be able to accomplish. They're going to get busted if they even start to try. That's readiness. That's what readiness can look like. So that us, we can be in here and we can worship and we can, we can come together around the word and we don't have to be afraid about who is hanging out with our children, teaching them. They have gone through this intense screening process to even be allowed to be down there. Does that feel good? I hope so. If it doesn't, let's talk. Let's work, figure that out. That feels really good to me. I'm not worried about my little ones over there. Because I know they're with people that are safe and have proven themselves to be safe. Something we've implemented since we've been into this room is a safety team. And it's still being developed. Uh, we're about 50% where we want to be. But basically, we have a safety team, and they're functioning even right now. And, 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 and they're just kind of eyes and ears for us outside of our walls. Some of them are in the parking lot. 
walking around the outside of the building. Others are, are walking around in the area of our children, watching over them. And some of them are, are in here among us right now. We have a safety team that their, their purpose is to keep, make a safe environment here and keep it safe when we're together. Now, without knowing for sure, it seems pretty obvious to me that that church in Texas had nothing in place, that they had not given any energy to readiness, that they had not thought through the what-ifs, that they may have assumed it will never happen to us. It will never happen in this town, not in this tight-knit, loving community. And yet right inside of that was a person that was just overwhelmed with hatred. I read an article about from, from his ex-wife talking about this hatred that he was overwhelmed by. Can we not assume that we've got people right here in Woodland Park that are just the same? And it might be people that we know. It could be somebody that came to our fall festival. We had hundreds and hundreds of people here that night. It was a phenomenal event. But when you, when you open your arms to community, you open your arms to everyone. And so you can unknowingly invite in the big bad wolf. We have implemented a safety team that have, that's been functioning. And, and we've been trying to work out all the bugs. And, and you know, I, I know there, there's been some pushback on this concept. Hey, we're a church. We, we should have all of our doors open all the time. Well, is that wise? I think that whatever, what happened last Sunday sort of begins to open our eyes to, no, that's not wise. It's not smart. I want to invite our safety team up here. So, Cyril, if you could call them in. And, because you know what? They deserve our thanks. Because let me tell you what they have done. They, 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 they've made a commitment to stand in front of a, a bullet for us if necessary. They, they have made a commitment to be a first line of defense so that we can be in here and, and worship and learn together in, in complete safety. Now, I don't know if, if you've ever had somebody that has just made a declaration, I, I will stand in front of the gun for you. I've never had that before. And I'm humbled and overwhelmed at a, at a team of people that have made that kind of decision for me, but for you, for your, our kids. And, and I, I just, I want to thank them for that. I, I just feel like that's very appropriate. So you, would you guys come on, come up, please, and let us honor you? Um, there's three. Is there, is there more here today? 
This is all that we have here today, okay? Can we thank these guys for what they're doing for us? Um, Cyril, Cyril has, is our team leader. Um, he has, uh, he and I have, yes, please sit, have a seat. We're going to talk, keep talking for a while. Uh, he came to me about this kind of stuff. Man, we've been talking about it for a couple of years or so. And um, it, it was especially a concern when we knew we were coming down here and there's going to be quite a bit of a gap between us adults and our kids and how are we going to navigate that. And we have all these doors that are all around. And so we just began a dialogue uh, trying to work through um, what we could do. At the same time, we understand our insurance company that we had said, no way, you can't do anything. So we started looking for a different insurance company <laughs> because we knew it didn't make sense to just follow what the insurance company didn't want us to do when we knew we needed to do something to have some kind of readiness. So we found an insurance company that would fully insure us, fully insure a, a, a program, a, a safety team, a, a, a group of people that are willing to have a plan in place and even practice a little bit. I'm telling you, our, the insurance we, company we had said, we won't touch it and left us just high and dry. And I understand that the insurance companies are trying to figure this out themselves. And they've got, they've got problems that they've got to figure out now that churches are being targeted. Um, ju I don't, just in case you didn't know, uh, I think what we learned was as of August the 1st, there were more church shootings by August the 1st this year in 2017 than any of the years previous. That doesn't include what happened last Sunday. So as of August the 1st, we had already exceeded the amount of church shootings that had taken place. This is, a, this is our reality, okay? Um, we, we, are, we are a place that is designated for people to gather, to come together. And so it's known that there will be a group here. And it's known that there will be a group here on Sunday mornings because that's when churches meet, Sunday mornings. So it doesn't take much for a bad guy to figure out when we'll all be here together right? Um, so we've been working on the system, and like I said, we're about 50% there, but Cyril is our, our leader here. Uh, just, just introduce yourself, and, and, and uh, how long you've been a part of our church family, if you can think back that far, because it's um, been a while for you. Yeah, uh, I believe since about 1992 um, oh. is when uh, I started coming. So I've been coming here for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, again, my name is Cyril Smith, and uh, me and the pastor talked about this. It's been about three years, actually. Um, we were going out to do a little bit of target shooting, and we just talked about it on the way out. So it's been in the process for a long time. It's been slow, but uh, but I've got a team now that's pretty good, and I think that we are pretty safe. Yeah. Thank you name and how long you've been hanging around with us yeah hi i'm joe and um my wife and i and and our daughter gabby we've been coming to this church now for about 12 years 
about it. And I'm George Carey. Uh, we've only been coming here for about uh, three years, so we're new arrivals. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. Can we thank them once again? They, they look like they're my secret service guys there. Um, there's more that, that, are, that are outside. Um, and, and so I, I think how many cereal? Do we have six or seven now? Ten. Ten that are on the team. Okay. Uh, can we pull up Cyril's uh, slide, Doug? You'll find it in the, in the commercials we run at the beginning. I, I want to pull up his slide because... Um, it might be that it just after our time together today or what's, what's happened over this past week, you might have interest in uh, participating in this team. And uh, I, I can tell you that Cyril would, would love to have more on the team. We'd, they'd love to have a rotation, uh, a rotation of uh, guys and gals that, that are willing to um, uh, train and commit and serve in this capacity. Um, so they'll find that slide eventually. If you're interested in that, his phone number is going to be popping up onto the screen. Uh, also, on December the 2nd, so that's Saturday, December the 2nd, that's just a couple of weeks, I think it's the Saturday after the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, we are going to do some training here that day. Uh, we want to run um, some scenarios uh, for, for the safety team but also for all of our CCW. And, and I, I'm not going to ask our concealed carry people to raise their hands, uh, but I, I bet you there's a lot <laughs> here. Um, and we want to invite you especially to that training day, December the 2nd. So if you'll just pull that up and hold it. Hopefully, I think you can pause it. Um, you'll find it eventually. Uh that training day, December the 2nd, Cyril, do you, can you tell me what time that's going to happen? I was hoping he might, was hoping he might hear my voice. Um, it starts at 10? Okay, so 10 a.m., December the 2nd. If you're a concealed carry person or just interested in coming and helping with the training, the more that we have here the day, that day, the better the, the training and the scenarios will run. Um, so if you're available to join us for that, uh, we would love to have you 10 o'clock that day. We'll, we'll have some breakfast foods, and, and I think we'll even figure out a way to do lunch together. December the 2nd, Saturday, um, very important time of, of training for that. Um, there, are, there are things that we're trying to, in, in, in our training, we're, we're trying to figure out how how we're going to handle this or that if, if something were to take place. Like I said, we, we have a guy every Sunday, at least one, that is outside watching the parking lot. What we've learned about these events is when the people come in uh, to the parking lot to do damage to whoever is around, they've got some stuff that they've got to get put on and get their weaponry out. We, we have a system in place that keeps them outside. They should never be able to make it in. Um, they shouldn't really be able to make it past their car, we hope. Um, we've already had a couple of incidences in the parking lot where, where we had to um, confront somebody that was acting very suspiciously in their car 
not choosing to come in. Um, so we're, we already have a, a, a system in place that is trying to keep it outside of our doors. They should never be able to make it into our doors. But if somehow they would, we, as you can see, are, are pretty much enclosed in a space that isn't surrounded by windows, not, not a whole lot of windows. And so the team is working on strategy about how to put us on lockdown in here and, and pretty much keep all of the bad stuff outside, in, either out in the parking lot or in, in the hallways. Some of our things that we're trying to work through, though, have to do with um, how we can get our kids into here with us. Because believe me, if something's happening, I'm going to want my kids here with me. So we're, we're, we're trying to navigate all that. That's why I say we're about 50% towards where we want to be. But we're actively working on being ready. And that already makes me feel far more safe than where we would have been even just a, a year ago. Um, I'm sure what I've done, maybe I've, I hope that I've brought some clarity to us about the tension between responding and, and readiness. I may have actually made things more cloudy. <laughs> uh, I've, I realize that that's possible as well. I'm hoping that we're engaging in a dialogue. We can't sit here today and, and do questions and answers. There, there's no way to pull that off. But maybe there's some questions that have, have arisen in your, in your minds. Maybe there's uh, some things that you want to know or some things that you want clarified. Um, Cyril has agreed to take your calls. He, he wants to dialogue. Um, he, he, wants to, he wants to know what you're thinking. Um, this, is a, this is a church family thing that we're trying to do here. Our goal is to protect the family, to keep the family as safe as possible. We can't abandon coming together. We can't say, okay, the answer is no more gatherings. So that's not the answer, obviously. We need to be gathering. We need each other. We need to strengthen one another, to learn from one another. So therefore, we've got to have some kind of readiness in place for how we keep us safe when we're together. I want to pray for us, and then we're going to have a completely different kind of a closing than we've ever had before. We're going to do an evacuation drill, okay? But I, I do want to pray for us. Jesus, um, we just kind of breathe deeply in inside of this tension, knowing that there's, there's, there's really not the kind of resolution inside of this tension that we would want, that we would hope for. Uh, 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 because what we would really like is that 